Hey everybody, thanks for hanging out with me for just a couple of minutes. Here, our focus is being better and healthier than yesterday. Are you better? Are you healthier than you were yesterday? Here, we don't compare ourselves to him or to her. We compare ourselves to who we were yesterday. Self-improvement has no end. Health has no finish line. There are lifelong journeys where we take it one day at a time, and here we do it together. So let's do this. Before I get into the main content, if you want to get in contact with me, email and Instagram are the best ways to get in contact. Email me at benpagedc at gmail.com and on Instagram, benpagedc. And if you listen to this, go to Instagram, tag me on the episode, and I'll tag you right back and we get to know each other. I love to get to know the community and I would love to get to know you. So let's get on to the main content. On this episode of the Wellness Former Podcast, I'm bringing you the great guest, Malcolm Saunders. This is an episode that you're not going to want to miss. This is an episode that we want to share far and wide because today, more than ever, we need to get this out there. People need to hear this stuff. Another way to get this out there is by leaving a review. If you got five minutes, I would appreciate it so much if you went to iTunes and rated and reviewed this podcast so we can continue to get the word out. This stuff is becoming more and more important. Let's get it out there so everyone has the opportunity to hear this stuff. Enjoy the episode. Well, I'm excited today. We have a great guest on. This is someone that I've been listening to quite a bit, so to have him on is pretty exciting. I like it, the way he speaks and the way he comes out, so... Today we have a guest called, his name is Malcolm Saunders, and we're going to talk about health, but a slightly different aspect, but very, very important all the same. But before we get into that main, the main content, before we get into this conversation, I'm going to let Malcolm talk to you guys a little bit and kind of present himself, and so you get to know a little bit of who Malcolm is and where he came from and, and what we're going to talk about today and why we're going to talk about that. So go ahead, Malcolm, and take a couple minutes or however long you need, and get to know and let my listeners get to know you. Okay, right on. Well, much, Ben. Uh, pleasure to be on, have this conversation with you. I'm based out of Calgary, Alberta in, in Canada. And my, my mission in life uh, is to help people find and learn how to craft to their own food and medicine. And for the last almost 15 years, I've been running a little specialty superfood shop uh, here in the community that started out of my basement just with that passion. It was born out of my own journey to try and figure out how to feed myself. And uh, I was, you know, had been traveling around North America and around the world, honestly, and then had landed back in Calgary. And before you and I recorded, we talked about the importance of family. And that, that was a big one of the big reasons I ended up back in Calgary, despite grass being greener elsewhere. And, and uh, it always is for a time, right? We need to leave home. We need to learn. We need to experience new places, things, you know, seek out our, our, our mentors and study. And I, I did that and got well-versed in uh, health, food, nutrition, herbs, medicinal mushrooms. And when I came back to Calgary, I was like, wow, like, there's, there's nothing going on here, right? And it was still that mentality of like, well, we're going to leave until, you know, there was kind of that light bulb moment. There was a shift. It was like, well, that becomes the opportunity. Let's, let's stay. Let's create. And so my wife and I did that. Um, she's a second generation colon hydrotherapist, if you can believe there is such a thing. So basically she gives people enemas or used to. Um, she hasn't done that in a while or her path has shifted from that. And I was doing uh, classes, 
teaching people how to ferment their own food, how to make chocolate, um, you know, just understanding nutrition and, and kind of practical, tangible skills. Because, I mean, for me, like most people, I, I knew how to, you know, make the extent of my culinary abilities were, you know, Pop-Tarts, grilled cheese, um, you know, microwave pizza, this kind of a thing. And to me, food was anything that was, was quick, easy and tasted good. Well, that, that doesn't take you very far in life. <laughs> so I, I changed my trajectory and began to learn how to feed myself and develop the skills to prepare healthy food. So that's what I was doing. I was teaching and, you know, on my journeys and travels, I'd come a lot across, you know, different foods, unique foods that I just wasn't seeing in, in the, even the health food stores. And uh, I was like, well, I, I know where to get some of these things. So I'd bring them, bring them in bulk for myself. So for instance, one of the things I was really passionate about was making, and still am, it's making what can be described as like healthy chocolate, right? Where it becomes a delivery system for food and medicine, you know, this idea of functional nutrition. So I'd, you know, bring in a box of cacao and use some myself, make chocolate, which I would sell to the community. And then other people were starting to be interested like, well, hey, uh, you know, where, where can I get that? And so I just pack it up in little Ziploc baggies and I became known as like a, a superfood dealer in that sense. People would... <laughs> They'd come around back to my basement, you know, knock twice and open up and give them the goods. And uh, that, that was great for a while. But at some point, you know, word of mouth only goes so far when people are trying to tell you about their superfood dealer and you got to go see this guy. Um, so anyways, my wife and I opened up a uh, officially like a, a, a storefront and it's just grown uh, ever since and uh, over kind of more than a decade now kind of a, officially with a storefront. But the mission has never changed, which is to help people find and learn how to craft their own food and medicine. So we have a little shop, we have an elixir bar, we have a teaching kitchen, and then we have a production kitchen where we're making, still making those medicinal chocolates and we're making live culture ferments and all kinds of wonderful treats. So that's who I am and that's the path I'm on. What, what's been interesting this year, uh, as, as we've all found ourselves in this quote unquote health crisis, is how, you know, for myself personally, how I've found, I've been really focusing on this, this COVID uh, narrative, or at least going, I should say, going against their narrative. Uh, as you and I were talking about before we hit record, it's just, just unbelievable how, how obvious it is and how, you know, common sense is just anything but common. And uh, that's, that's a challenge. So, you know, it, I just couldn't help but not uh, kind of speak out and, and just point these things out. And, and that initially started with uh, a, a lot of backlash. I mean, this was, you know, within the first two weeks, I was like, something's not right here. And, uh, you know, even questioning such a thing would, would receive backlash. And but, you know, it just kept persisting because there's no way I, I could not say anything, you know, I could not question. And uh, yeah, definitely have received a lot of feedback uh, that kind of the viewpoints I'm sharing, uh, though they aren't earth shattering <laughs> at all. Uh, people do find that very reassuring, right, that there are these uh, voices, these minds that they can connect to. It's like, yeah, I totally see it this way. And that totally doesn't make sense. And so that's that's kind of where we're at and how you and I connected. And I think what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, and that's that's funny how we were also talking before. It's a lot of people are like, um, this doesn't make any sense. And like I was telling you before, my patients are like, hey, through my health background, um, this doesn't make any sense. And like, no, you don't need a health background. You just need common sense. This doesn't make any sense what's going on for the last year. And I love how you said it's you've been saying this since 
two weeks after it started. I, I same thing. I remember I was in clinic. The quarantine started. All my patients canceled besides one. And I remember that one time I was like, try to live your life as normal as possible. This is not what it is. Don't wear the mask and and don't be afraid. And yeah. I remember I would say that to all my patients. Every time someone came in, which was very, very, very few, and it had to be through a door that was locked because they weren't supposed to come anyway. Um, that's what I would say until one told me, you know, you might want to stop saying take your mask off because they can actually fine you. I was like, oh, they can. Okay. So I stopped saying that so I wouldn't get fined, but I kept on saying, like, live your life as normal as possible. Don't be afraid. This is not a pandemic. And I've been saying yeah. that since day one. And and as we can see nowadays, it's that's how it was. I mean, really – the pandemic is is the fear mongering they're doing. Other than that, and that's yeah, that's what I love to talk about. But even 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 before you jump in that, real quick, I mean, that's your whole introduction got me. The whole food and all that. I mean, to me, that's super important. I'm so glad that more people are also getting into that. The the whole food is because that's what I used to do. Also, I used to just eat. I mean, I used to just eat, and but now I I think food is is fuel. It, it, to me, it isn't, it isn't even the taste anymore, even though the majority of food tastes good, the food that's actually fuel, it does taste good. But to me, it has got to the point where that doesn't even matter. I mean, all I care about is giving my body what it needs to survive, well, not to survive, to thrive. But the cool thing about it is when I do do that, it tastes pretty good anyway. I mean, I don't need all those sweeteners and all that stuff that make food supposedly uh taste good but but i thought that was really neat how you, that whole journey because that was how i was too yeah totally. But, yeah i think for anyone within that world like you mentioned has even just an iota of common sense that you know food is 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 nourishment it's the foundation of our health and for these so-called authorities uh you know politicians uh health authorities whoever they are kind of you know calling the shots to to never mention food and i, I remember early on it was the uh, the canadian dietitian association that, that put out this statement you know very clearly saying you cannot boost your immune system through food anybody who says so is, is absolutely false there's no protection against this coronavirus and it's like whoa like <laughs> I, I knew they were misguided because you know they, they follow the you know the food pyramid and the food guide and it's like, look where that's gotten us as a society. But just for them to come out and you know disempower people uh, so blatantly uh, is 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 ter- it's beyond tragic. It's, it's terrible. And you know, if there were a real pandemic, uh, which there isn't, we can get into that. Um, then you know, we we brought it upon ourselves because of you know our the sickness of our society and, and, and the poor food choices, which leads to all the top you know diet and lifestyle related diseases. Oh, yeah. I mean, the la- I think the last thing I heard was that I think it was 78%, I might be wrong, 70% of all people that were that went to hospitals were either uh, overweight or obese. That's I mean, right. I yeah. mean, that is, that is, that should be enough sign, that should be a sign right there, like something's not right. I mean, but, oh, totally. but, and, and but, eight comorbidities, right, as well. So these, these people yeah. had enough conditions they were probably on a bunch of meds and the average age <laughs> the average age of, of death in in my province uh and and it's very similar across canada as well uh the average age of death for covid is older than the average life expectancy 
Yeah, that's a good one. It's older than <laughs> that made me laugh. Oh man. But, well, let's go back just a little bit and let's talk about this whole pandemic and why you believe it's not truly a pandemic. Because if it is a pandemic, yeah, it's all like you said, it's all because of our lifestyle choices over the last decades. But why do you believe this isn't a pandemic? Yeah, I mean, you, you just look at the data in terms of, you know, who's who's been affected, right? So where, where have the deaths uh, majority been? And, and even that is, is questionable too, right? In terms of um, there's this, there has not really been a distinction between died with COVID or died from COVID. And I know there was lots of memes going around, you know, like dude dies in a motorcycle accident or falls off his ladder and is considered a COVID death. And, you know, the... And, and that's actually, there's a lot of truth and reality to that. So you are listed as a COVID death, regardless of cause, if you had a positive PCR test within 30 days of, of dying. And then that then leads us to, well, what's, what's a positive PCR test? I, I don't know if you remember this, it was back last summer uh, where they made that shift, that pivot. It was no longer about deaths. It was all about cases and cases, 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 cases. And nobody was asking, well, what does actually a case mean, right? Like my daughter, she's in high school and there have been a number of positive cases but no illness, no illness, just a positive, positive test. And uh, a lot who have done the research and who've even listened to the words of the inventor, Kerry Millis, uh, who died, you know, prior to Corona. But he said, this is this is a test that you can find anything that you want. Right. And it's all about the cycle count. And even the World Health Organization came out and said, you know, if you have it above 35, you're, you're going to get a lot more false positives. Um, so these, this idea of like a test, it doesn't tell you if you're sick or if you're infectious, it's just finding genetic material, uh, that then they're interpreting as, well, you're, you're positive and therefore you could be contagious and therefore da, 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 da. Uh, and so really the whole foundation of this is, is flawed because it's, it's based on case count again, which doesn't mean anything. And uh, based on it, on a test that's that's being used inaccurately according to its inventor. And then, so that takes us to the question of why. So, oh, I mean, why would so why would they allow this to happen? Supposedly, they're they're out to keep us healthy, right? Keep us safe. Now, this is going to be the part where we're. <laughs> this is so. So, why are they doing this then? Yeah, so your your thoughts, your 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 what you what you believe is going on. Totally, I I think I've got two answers for this. I I think the majority of people are are completely uh, ignorant to it. They've they've been caught up and drummed up into the fear that they're just continuing. I, I don't think they're in on this conspiracy that we'll maybe touch upon and get into. Um, they're just they bought the narrative. They've they've been literally like brainwashed uh, because it's been over a year now where every single day, multiple times a day, we are bombarded with this information of, you know, how dangerous COVID-19 is and how fast it's spreading and all the cases are going up and look at all these deaths. And and even so many of those reports uh, turned out to be absolutely false. Uh, so even our beloved CBC, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation that uh, is, is held in such kind of intellectual regard uh, was caught spreading 
fake news, right? Because I don't know if you remember, there was the case of, uh, oh, New York hospitals are overflowing, Italy hospitals are overflowing, and, and there was a ton of, you know, speculation. It was like, is that even true? You know, people would go to hospitals and they're like, well, it seems pretty empty here. Uh, there's been so much like independent video footage of people actually investigating that. Turns out it's totally false. Well, in CBC, I remember it was coming home one night and I had the radio on. It's you know, as much as I try and avoid mainstream media, I think it's it, we need that kind of a very small, moderate dose just to kind of check in with with what is being said and, and the kind of the daily reality and dose that people are getting. And uh, so they, they recounted this uh, hospital in Steinbeck, Manitoba, you know, and it's like, OK, here it is in, in Canada. We have one that's that's overwhelmed. The parking lot is full. There's nurses out in the parking lot triaging patients because the hallways are crammed. We don't know what to do. Like we've got cases and deaths and, you know, we're overwhelmed. And I was like, oh shit, like this is getting close to home. Like here's CBC reporting this. And I kind of, you know, that, that was the last I heard of it. And then two weeks later, this story came out by kind of an alternative uh, news media source here in Canada called Rebel News. And they did a whole story that it was absolutely fake. So someone in Steinbeck, Manitoba actually went through the hospital and said, Okay, they walked down the halls, they showed the parking lot, completely dead empty. No follow-up from CBC, right? It's like, if you think you got the story that wrong, uh, you you might you know, want to make, make a correction. You might want to go on the record and say, you know what, <laughs> we totally messed up on that. Or if it was completely true, get your cameras down there, right? Like this whole debate of we're in a pandemic or not, I mean, that, that would end it. You get your cameras in there, you show people like, this is the reality. If you don't follow the, the rules, this is what happens. We've got proof, it's happening right here. Nope, never did that either because it wasn't happening. Uh, so what would drive them to do that? I mean, I think the media has been the most complicit in this. I, I think, you know, ratings, number one, <laughs> right? I mean, never have, especially when this all first went down. I mean, even myself, I was like, you know, everyone's trying to get news, like what's going on? So much time, attention, focus has gone to them. Uh, I think that's that's a part of it. Uh, we also have to look at, you know, who, who owns the media and, and uh sponsorships and who is paying for this right uh there's you know strong strong evidence that there's there's influence uh that way and i think there's also this kind of you know overwhelming you know political correctness that uh you know you're you're on the quote unquote the right side of history and you're you're being safe and you're being proactive and you're being cautious. And I think that extends all the way to your everyday person and extends to businesses. Uh, as a local business owner, I am constantly harassed uh, by the local health authorities, you know, for staff and customers not wearing masks and, and you know, staff we do right so they actually have nothing on us there um but customers you know like it's clearly states in our local bylaw that uh, it is not our job to you know assess whether someone has a medical exemption we're not supposed to ask we're not supposed to discriminate and uh that's that's the position i'd like to take i mean if you have one and you come in without a mask like i mean that's also clear the foundation here too if we actually look at the statistics you know in ontario province in Canada, you know, the, the rate of transmission, and, and even if we believe all this too, uh, the rate of transmission, according to their contact tracing, it was 
in a retail environment, 0.1% of cases were linked back to retail. Yet, you know, here, here they've got limiting capacity, they're spacing people out, they're demanding masks. I mean, the health authorities, they come in. I mean, this, this woman who visits us literally almost every week, um, absolutely paranoid, right? She's got the double mask, she got the visor, she got the gloves, she's got the goggles, you know, and, and she just keeps pushing her, her own kind of fear and, and moving us towards, well, you got to do this and you got to do that. And it's like, actually, we don't. We have to put a sign on the door. That's, that's what it says, and, and that's what we're doing. <laughs> but so many businesses go above and beyond. And, and unfortunately, it seems to be a lot of the local small businesses, uh, like even our kind of biggest health food store here, they have three locations. Each one of them has a security guard. They will not let you in uh, without a mask. So, so much of this is being perpetuated by the average person for, for various reasons. And, and again, I, they're obviously not in on this giant conspiracy. However, it started somewhere, right? We, we still don't even know the origins of, of the, the quote unquote virus, right? Like, was it developed in a lab? There's, the rumors are still flying. You would think they would that would demand a, a pretty good and thorough investigation to get the bottom of it. Supposedly we can't, right? So what started this? What kind of tipped the dominoes over in this direction that everyone has just been panicked into and what continues to keep it going? Well, I think uh, there are a number of potential uh, scenarios. I, I know that uh, from a standpoint of a pharmaceutical product, um, getting these experimental injections into people, it is proven to be the most valuable drug in the world, right? And something that, you know, Pfizer says, well, you're going to have to take these every year and we're going to jack the price up next year. Um, massive. I, I remember, you know, all the world's leaders uh, at one point, they were, they were, they all got on a call and they were like pledging, you know, we're going to put 500 billion and we're going to put 700 billion and we're going to put in 10 billion and just like astronomical number after number of all these countries, you know, pushing money towards uh, this research. So huge, huge, huge amount of money up on the, the front end <laughs> of which, you know, we, we saw, you know, the the executives at Moderna, the executives at Pfizer, you know, cashing in on their on their stock uh, as it went through the roof, uh, and all this money coming in. So that's that's one potential. Um, you have you know some theories around. Well, maybe we'll we'll, we'll pause on that one. Uh, one other one I see I do see quite plausible. So which is you know the World Economic Forum. Uh, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. There, there's a lot of concern around climate change. Now, let's put aside the the narrative of, you know, carbon emissions and da 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 da, da and the carbon taxes. Um, you know, whether you think global warming, as caused by humans, is going to you know end life as we know it. Let's let's put that aside because uh, because that is very seriously debated. Uh, what I think is not debated is that humans are having an impact on the world, on, on ecology. I mean, I'm sure you can see it where you live. I see it where I live. I've seen it ever since I was a, a teenager. And it is deeply disturbing and, it, and, it's, and it, has, it creates creates deep wounds, right, for anyone that has kind of eyes and a heart to, to feel and into nature to see the loss of habitat. You hear about the loss of species. And it's because of how we are showing up in the world uh, and it's directly connected to what we eat and how we farm all those foods you know so on and so forth so i, I think that's undeniable I, th I think 
the real issue is how do we go about changing that? Um, I'm into things like permaculture, uh, regenerative agriculture, where we can rebuild topsoil. We can um, produce uh, nutrient-dense food for every single person, but it has to come at a, at a big shift to how we live and, and that's not what's being pushed forward. So I think the, let's call them the quote unquote, the elites, there is a concern for uh, the world, for the environment, knowing that, um, and, and, and they tell you, right? I mean, you watch, you know, someone like Al Gore, his inconvenient truth, all right? I mean, we're starting to get this kind of uh, barrage and though it's a similar perspective, it's it's there's a different approach. And I think a lot of these people see the writing on the wall that there isn't much time left at the current pace seeing that thinking that there's too many people at least for you know the way that we're living the standard of living uh, and therefore we need to kind of control people and even reduce the population so if, if I'm so bold um, I might suggest that that might be underlying all this uh, which is what kind of tipped us all in, into motion um, that's that's just a theory and and it's definitely seems to be confirmed when you have uh, articles like The Guardian, you know, saying, well, this lockdown has been really great for climate change. We might have to reconsider this more often. Um, and I think it's, it's a total restructuring of society uh, to control people more. And, and I think, again, the way we've been living, the society, the structures that we have, like even the monetary system, uh, what an absolute mess. I mean, the whole thing's going to blow up. Uh, it's going to come apart, regardless of whether we had this. Um, definitely government's response to this pandemic has made things absolutely worse. And I'm sure, you know, the virus and the pandemic will get blamed, but <laughs> don't be confused. It was the government's choice and response to do what they did. Um, that has made things worse. So, you know, really when we talk about, you know, this this kind of feeling that we all have, right, ever since day one, and I know you're exactly on the same page, right? It was like, we don't have all the data, but something's not quite right, right? This just did not make sense. Uh, we knew that something was not right, that what was being told and how it was all unfolding, A, was gonna last way longer. And I think that's the number one thing that we need to do is, is adjust our time frame for this unfolding. This is not, you know, two weeks is not even 52 weeks. Uh, there was a meme that was quite revealing. I, I would say it's permanent if we're looking at the lens that we're talking about, but there was a meme also that someone had posted, actually it was a Twitter post uh, that, you know, made stated the fact that these uh, experimental injections called vaccines, which they aren't, but not by the definition, but they're being pushed as vaccines because vaccines have an acceptance. They also have uh, legal immunity, so on and so forth. But by every other definition, they're not. Um, they are only approved under emergency measures. They're still in safety trials and they're still in their safety trials until 2023. So the only reason that uh, they are even being allowed and pushed out onto the public is because of these emergency measures. So therefore, one can logically assume that we are gonna be in these emergency measures at least until 2023. Because if those get lifted, the vaccines get lifted as well. That there's, They have no uh, kind of authorization anymore if the emergency is lifted. So we need to first and foremost kind of shift our thinking that this is you know, oh, it's just short term, we'll get back to normal. Uh, even under that level of thinking, it's at least 2023, but also 
you know, broader thinking is that there's something else at play here and it's 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 about a more permanent shift. So if you want things to make sense, just try this on. You don't you don't have to believe it, but you know, it, it's like putting on a pair of glasses and 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 see what your vision is, you know, because so many of us are like, this makes no sense. This makes no sense. Like, how can you do this? Like you were you were talking about going into an ice cream shop and you know you can stand so you can sit without a mask, but you can't stand without a mask. Okay, that makes no sense at all, right? So if you just shift your thinking to, it's not about a virus, it's about control, then actually it all becomes completely clear. You're like, oh, okay, it's not about a virus, it's about control. All right, okay, I can sit without a mask, but I can't stand without a mask. Okay, perfect, right? Oh, I can't go to a church, you know, and, and, and be in community uh, because that's dangerous, but I can get on an airplane and I can drink and I can eat and I can wear this paper thing off my face in a very like, you know, tightly, uh, tight environment. Oh, okay, right, because it's not about a virus, it's about control, right? Apply it to any situation and, and suddenly, it, you know, it'll start to click. And yeah, and I think that, I think it's about control too. That's, and it comes and it, that's what make to me, that's what makes sense. And I was talking to my son the other day too, because he had his mask and I was like, so what do you think? I was just asking the question, I was like, why do you think you wear masks? I've told him on many occasions my thoughts, and I just wanted to see what he thought. But then I, 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 I told him again, it's, it has nothing to do about a virus, I believe. I believe it has everything to do with control. If they can yeah. control you to wear a mask, they can control you to basically do anything. And and, and the sad thing is, it, it, it to me, is it's how the people are just following, following step by step. Um, I mean, so I've been told that the people that want control and power, what makes them feel the highest form of euphoria is being able to control with their power without having to force it. So they're telling people what to do and the people are doing it by themselves. They're totally. not having to force anything. Yeah, and because it's people that are enforcing everybody else, right? So, you know, it's like, yeah, they, they just kind of put the put the domino in motion and then just everything is playing out. Uh, and, and so that, that, that to me, I mean, wow, people are doing it just because they're told without even thinking twice about what they're doing. And it's scary and what's and what's most scary about it is, is that is people are just doing it without second thing second guessing anything they're just that's how it is yeah. but no. that's why it's so important like you that's why it's so important that people start talking i mean if no one talks i was i was like you were saying you 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 watched just a little bit in the news i don't even watch a little bit but i did take my my daughter out to breakfast yesterday and they had the big tv on and what was on the news the whole time coronavirus yeah. The whole time it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't just a, it was the whole time they're talking about the new cases here in, in in Buenos Aires, the way they're thinking about they might have to close down schools again. I mean, again, f pure fear the whole time. And then I'm I never listened to it, but the majority of the people, that's what they're watching. So oh, then, totally. so you, you think about it like it's been a year. Now we know for a fact that what they've been saying is not true. And now the graphs that you show on your Instagram stories are just, it is insane how the people that stop doing it, they're getting a lot better. And the people that continue, continue to get worse. So now, now we're even seeing the opposite. We're seeing that people that, that actually go and live their normal life 
get better and their societies get better and everything just gets better. And then all the ones that continue to live the way that they were told to live, the society in its totality continues to get worse. Yeah, so, totally. I've got hope, you know, in, in two areas here. So one is exactly what you mentioned. So there's some great people out on uh, in the kind of internet sphere, uh, in particular, this one guy. Uh, I It's Ian MSC, and he's on Twitter, and he does these incredible charts, exactly what you're referring to, because um, we're beginning to see there's more than 20 states now, including Florida. I mean, some never actually locked down. Some never put in all these mandates, but Florida has been back since September, and now we've had Arizona, we've had Texas, we've had, you know, on and on and on uh, these these other states that are opening up. And as soon as they do, they're, they're kind of called out, oh, it's going to be a massacre, it's going to be this, it's going to be that, hospitals are overwhelmed, and two weeks later, or, you know, nothing, right? Or the Super Bowl, eh, nothing. <laughs> so we're beginning to see that we actually have real-time data uh, showing, you know, here's here's the difference. So that, that gives me hope as more and more states open up, it's going to be really, 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 really hard, although people are still doing it, uh, denying <laughs> that reality. I mean, kind of the, the biggest, you know, cosmic giggle that I had was, uh, you know, when Biden came out and says, well, America, if, if you're really good and you keep wearing your mask and you keep physically distancing and you do this and everybody gets their jab, you might get your barbecue on July 4th to celebrate your freedom and independence. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Like and meanwhile, people in Florida are posting. It's like, yeah, we're having a party this weekend or someone in Arizona or sorry, Texas was like, yeah, I'm going to a ball game in April with 40,000 other people. Right. It's like, forget you. Like we're we're moving on. We're living our life. Uh, and you can see this happening. Other parts of the world i have seen videos of, of India where there's literally hundreds of thousands of people, you know, jam packed in a stadium. You know what happens after that? nothing <laughs> right so that, that does give me hope that um there's enough of a control group right i mean initially it was it was sweden it was the outlier and you know i mean sweden was absolutely trashed and is still drug uh, dragged through the dirt uh, but there's so many more examples now so i i have hope there and you know the the other hope which is i guess a bit more dark is the fact that this this insane trajectory that uh these people are on just it's unsustainable. It cannot last, right? Like you cannot live a happy, healthy human existence, you know, following that trajectory. At some point, it's going to end, you know, in in whatever you know catastrophic form. It, it just can't go on. So we really we're at this point where we get to choose. The unfortunate part is just we're in that battle of of dealing with other citizens and you know government officials and politicians that are trying to push this other thing where. Yeah, I mean, I, I mentioned in my videos, like, I, I love my bubble, you know, like my, if I just kind of ignore everything, and I just live my life, and you know, like, life is great, but it's this kind of like, this push, this impending, you know, prospect of vaccine passports, which are an extension of mandatory masks, which are an extension of, you know, all that, that's kind of like, pushing against us. And, and that's, you know, where I think, as you said, I think we have an obligation to have these conversations, to speak up. I know so many people, whether it's personal or professional, they are absolutely stifled. Um, they, they're either just totally at a loss of what to say or they're scared to say anything because, you know, it's their reputation, it's their career, um, and, it's, and it's tragic. I mean, that alone should be concerned. The amount of censorship, the amount of push on anybody that is even remote 
remotely counter to the narrative. Even just asking questions, uh, it has been pushed against. Uh, but that's that's where we, we each have that obligation. Otherwise, we're here we are, like we're more than a year into it and it's still going on. There's not enough resistance, even though I know there's uh, there's a far more people who are not into this, don't support it, but are going along with it. Yeah, and that's what I see. I see a lot of people that are that don't agree with it, but they're going along with it. And that's what I see. And there's and there's two and there's still too many people that are just like, well, yeah, let's do what they got. We got let's do what they tell us. But I think it's time that we we just need to stop doing that. I mean, well, I thought it was time a long time ago, but it just gets it gets more and more important that we just stop going along and actually putting our foot down, saying, no, we're not going to do this anymore because this isn't helping me, my neighbor, myself, my family, and our community. It's not helping anybody. And like we were saying from the very beginning, and why I wanted to really bring you on is the whole choice, the whole freedom of choice, the whole control to not control. No, we should have the opportunity to choose how we're going to live, but also what we're going to do for our health. I can't force my health on you, even though maybe I have some pretty good ideas of how you could become very healthy, but I can't force it on you. I could I could recommend certain things. I could I could talk to you and we can and we can come to a conclusion, but I can never force anything onto you. And if I ever did that would be that'd be bad on my side as a doctor. I can't do that. I can just recommend. But they're trying to force things on us. And that's so, why I want to and that's what I want to br- the, the, the most important thing is the freedom to be able to choose what we are going to do with our own bodies, and we're and that's the and that's what we're fighting for, and that's what we want to bring you on to sh- and and so that people can get it, a second opinion of what's going on around us. Really, I mean, so we now we have two opinions. We have what the so what media tells us, and now we have another opinion. Okay, we have these two opinions. Let's study it out and let's see where we're going to go from there. But at least give us the gives give us the opportunity to choose which which way we're going to go and that's why i wanted to bring you on so we could have that conversation and it was great so now we have two opinions which ones are we going to follow you well that's your decision i can't force that on you but at least you get to make that decision absolutely and, uh-huh. and, and that's why and that's that's to me the most important freedom to be able to choose how i am going to uh treat myself my own body and and if 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 you want to treat your body in, in a certain way that I don't believe in, well, that's that's fine. As long as you're not causing damage to my personal property or my family, that's fine. I mean, I mean, but we should have that we should have that opportunity. And it seems like they're trying to not give us that opportunity. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the tragic part. So you know, if somebody wants to you know hide in their house and wear their mask and you know isolate themselves, then great. If that's that's the better for the better of you, go for it, right? But to kind of mandate these medical devices, you know, called masks and you know everything else, and and honestly, what could be coming too in terms of you know the vaccine passports, uh, limiting our engagement uh, within society. Uh, based upon whether we've taken that injection or not is is absolutely wrong. Completely agree with you. And that's why we need to open up and talk. And, and now it's now it's more important than ever. So that's why I appreciate you coming on. I mean, the the, the these the, these 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 things are becoming these topics are becoming more and more important. And I believe I'm going to start talking more about these things because this is what's going to affect us in the future. I mean, what are we leaving our kids? 
I mean, that's I love I love how the, the Native Americans they they always they always thought seven generations ahead. Is this gonna is how is this gonna leave seven generations ahead? Is this is this gonna is it gonna leave it better than before? So we need our state. We need to get back to that thought process and and and, and how am I leaving this world for my kids? And it seems like people either they don't. I mean, yeah, but. Let's let's focus on what are we leaving our kids and how we and how and how can we help our kids become the best they can be in a world as healthy as possible and free as possible. Um, again, Malcolm, thanks a ton for coming on. Um, where can people get to know you more? How can they get to? Where can they find you? Yeah, totally. So both uh, Instagram and Telegram are my kind of personal uh, social medias. So it's at the Malcolmist, M-A-L-C-L, or sorry, M-A-L-C-H-E-M-I-S-T. And then my business is at Lightseller, uh, lightseller.ca. Awesome. And that'll all be in the show notes too. So get to know Malcolm. I mean, from what I, I've been I've been listening to him for a while now, and I, and, I, and I love hearing what he's got to say. So go follow him and get to know him. Ask him questions because he's probably got some stuff that you want to hear about. Again, we got to cut. We'll have to talk more about this. This is this can't be the first time, and it's it shouldn't be the last time. And not only that, I would love to talk to you about just permaculture and all that great stuff about building soil. That's one of my favorite things in the world. <laughs> right on. Well, thanks a lot, Ben. It was a pleasure to connect and chat with you. And thanks everybody that, that listened.